When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host. Thank you for making Blunt Business one of the top downloaded radio shows here on Cannabis Radio. Always thankful for a wonderful, engaging audience like yourselves being here each and every week. My next guest runs a company that has a mission to develop innovative pharmaceutical-grade safety packaging solutions. I'm joined by the CEO of Dymapack, spelled D-Y-M-A-P-A-K, Ross Kirsch, here on the program. Thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure, Ross. So let's talk about sustainability. Let's talk about packaging which we don't talk enough of. We have, oh, yeah. but you know, it's a subject that does need to come back out and you know, understanding our environment and understanding just you know, the compliance issue we do talk about extensively here on the show. But here's what we have. All right. MJ Biz Daily recently put out what the most current predicted stats are when it comes to the cannabis industry as a whole. The U.S. cannabis industry is expected to add $92 billion to the country's economy in 2021. That number just continues to grow, I mean, just leaps and bounds. So now, as the industry continues its upward momentum, producers of cannabis products that range from mints to gummies to dissolvable powders are seeking ways to reduce plastic packaging while remaining compliant. This is where Dimapack comes in, being the leading solution provider to meet the growing need for safety packaging solutions across a variety of applications and industries. Ross, talk to me about what part you were trying to do to help make out and help this definite issue that needs to be uh, addressed. Thank you. That's a good question. Um, if what you're asking, let's say, is where we really started from, the answer is back in 2013 when Colorado announced that they're going to be going recreational in 2014, a uh, dispensary owner who, uh, who owned one of the first dispensaries in Denver reached out to me and said that there's a new law going into place uh, for reclosable child-resistant packaging. And at the time, basically pill vials were the only option. So he said, using a cliche, you can't put a square brownie in a round vial. So he said that a lot of his products, he wasn't able to sell starting January 1st if he didn't have a solution that could be reclosable child-resistant um, and be able to fit 
odd shaped objects that don't normally fit into a pill vial. So starting right from that point, we were working in collaboration with some of the biggest companies in the industry to develop solutions that really met their needs. So our bag was the first one used um, in the first sale in the history of the US back on January 1st, 2014 in Denver. So we were able to get it to market um, to allow these guys to launch and actually get this uh, recreational market off the ground. And ever since then, we've been just working with them side by side to identify where the gaps still are and what we can do to help close them and really um, give them the best opportunity to get the packaging they really need. Does that make now, sense? Yeah. But now what I want to ask is, we know that in, in mainstream culture, there's been a talk about how, you know, trying to remove the plastic that will definitely get into the oceans, you know, really endanger wildlife or endanger, uh, you know, fish and just in the ocean in general. Uh, that kind of argument's there for a long time. Recyclable packaging. Talk to me about what it is that overall, what it is about this industry that wants to, obviously always, the cannabis industry wants to be progressive, always forward thinking, always environmentally friendly. But what is it about the plastic and packaging that is uh, overall a, a big issue? And is it just some of the same arguments been said as to why we want to remove plastic for altogether? Or is there something more? It's a good question uh, as well. So basically, when it comes to the, pack, uh, the plastic side of packaging, it's a humongous challenge right now because with one-time use of disposable packaging, um, if you go into a dispensary, let's just use an example. If you go to buy five different pre-rolls, you may end up with five different plastic tubes mm -hmm. um, that now are one-time use. You have to throw away part of the regulations. They're not allowed to take back open containers or reuse them. Um, so it's a humongous challenge when you look at the grand scheme of things in the world where plastic garbage ends up um, in the environment and it's not disposed of properly. So for us, we really were taking a step back and saying, okay, well, we need plastic packaging. There are tremendous advantages that it has over glass, especially when it comes to the environment, um, transporting it, for instance, it takes up far less room when it's empty. So uh, we could ship a container of bags um, for what would take eight containers of jars. So when you look at transportation and logistics, there are a lot of advantages, but plastic clearly has um, a reputation for causing pollution. And so as we looked at it, we already had introduced recyclable bags, which is a great option. Um, but the problem with recyclable bags or even bags that we have right now in development, which are using post-consumer recycled content, the problem is that those are still creating new packaging, new products that ultimately are going to have to be recycled, going to have to be disposed. So we really identified that the real issue is the amount of garbage that's out there. How do we go about cleaning up what we have in addition to innovating to bring recyclable packaging? Because ultimately, if we just bring new, really good, innovative, recyclable packaging to market, it's not going to fix the existing problem that we have. So we wanted to take a look at it let's call it from a 360 perspective, what can we do to address the past? What can we do to address the future? It's so been for hard us, to find that way to go ahead and address biodegradability and finding the things that you could recycle that would degrade itself faster so that it would not be such a hindrance for people, I would imagine. Now, I want to ask you about 
a recent partnership you made with uh, one of your clients, Hexo, H-E-X-O, uh, which is an award-winning licensed producer of innovative products for the global cannabis market, and Plastic Bank. You made a partnership to offset, a place to pledge, to offset all plastic and packaging. And you said this about the partnership, quote, Ocean plastic is a critical issue with increasing challenges. Environmental consciousness has never been more important, and we're proud to partner with Plastic Bank and Hexo to mitigate the impact of child-resistant bags and pl other plastic packaging. It's our hope that other businesses will turn interest into action by committing to plastic neutrality. Now, that's a phrase I haven't heard uh, as of yet, but I can see where you're coming from there. Um, what can you tell me about what this pledge entails and what are you able to go and do collectively as this triad? So what we're doing, we're committed right now to offsetting our plastic footprint. Um, as I mentioned, really, when we look at the issues right now, it's what the garbage is that's actually going into the environment. So if we can actively try to remove that garbage and really reduce the amount that's out there, that's going to do a tremendous amount to help the overall environment. And what we're doing is uh, empowering a lot of our partners and customers to be able to go, as we call it, plastic neutral without having to go through a complex program on their own. This just allows them, as they work with us to develop their packaging, we can sort of act as a conduit for them. Um, and you know, already this year, we've prevented more than six and a half million bottles from entering the ocean. Um, so for us, we're really focused on expanding this program to as many of uh, our partners and customers that we can. Um, so that way we can really keep uh, our mission going to, to keep, let's say, packaging evolving towards a place where it's more sustainable and has less impact on the environment. Let's go and take a quick break. When we come back, I'm here with the uh, CEO of Dimapack, Ross Kirscher on Blunt Business. And I want to get into some information when it comes to sustainability. Uh, there's a story I wanted to go and preface from talking about sustainability is the next frontier that the cannabis industry needs to conquer. Plus, I want to talk about a stud study that I pulled up that I thought would be a great conversation for us to have about intense carbon consumption by indoor cannabis production. So not just plastic, but overall, what are the things we could get? Any impurities we can get rid of? We already do this such of an intense point in the cultivation process of removing any impurities and being able to dispose of them, which is easy when you're talking about a biodegradable product, you know, a product like, like a flower, cannabis flower that, you know, can go ahead, be reused, and, you know, it's a natural organic thing. But to be able to go and find a way to go ahead and get that, you know, to people, whether it's dispensary or ship it out, because... You know, there's a lot of issues when it comes to finding the right product that will be able to go ahead and withstand whatever, rain, sleet, snow, or hail, and still be a product that will be biodegradable and still be safe and will be helpful for their environment. We're going to be back with Ross Kirsch. A website, by the way, while we're going on the break, take a look at it, dymapak.com. We'll be right back with Ross and more Blunt Business after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry 
creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with more Blunt Business with Ross Kirsch, the CEO of Dimapack. Before the break, I talked about sustainability being the next frontier that the cannabis industry needs to conquer. I just took the story from HempIndustryDaily.com. So right now, I want to go ahead and give some information that this study entailed. Carbon consumption by indoor cannabis production. I just want to let the audience know about some details that were done from this study, and we could get a little chance to go ahead and just make some thoughts on it after this. But I wanted to take this information because I thought this was very important. So now, the legalization of cannabis has caused a substantial increase in commercial production, yet the magnitude of the industry's environmental impact has not been fully quantified. A considerable amount of legal cannabis is cultivated indoors, primarily for quality control and security. And what they did in the study is they analyzed the energy and materials required to grow cannabis indoors and quantified the corresponding greenhouse gas emissions using life cycle assessment methodology for a cradle-to-gate system boundary. And this analysis was on the U.S. And they accounted for geographic variations of meteorological and electrical grid emissions data. And what they found was that based on location from 2,283 to 5,184 kilograms, CO2 equivalent per kilogram of dried flour. The emissions were attributed to electricity production and natural gas consumption from indoor environmental controls, high-intensity grow lights, and the supply of carbon dioxide for accelerated plant growth. And the discussion focused on technological, technological solutions and policy adaptation that can be done to improve the environmental impact of commercial indoor cannabis production. So without going into the weeds here, Ross, what I want to know is they mentioned a point about giving this data and saying there, there are solutions from within the, the industry standpoint and from a policy standpoint, I guess government regulation, that can be done to help improve the environmental impact. What do you think about what could be done? What are some of the things that you'd like to see happen? Uh, well, I think that I think that one of the most important things um, is to really balance uh, maintaining regulation and ensuring quality, and really looking at what that output, um, what the impact of that output is on the environment. Clearly, a tremendous amount of work goes into keeping consistency. You have to have all. Um, all of your flour, all of your products tested. So you have to keep consistency. And obviously, an indoor grow really helps that. Um, the only issue with all of uh, the electricity that it's using and all the carbon foot- footprint is how do you replace that? Um, from my perspective, I would say the only way to really offset a tremendous amount of that electricity is to turn to an outdoor grow. However, I am very well aware that LED lighting now is doing tremendous amounts to reduce consumption. Um, Although one thing to consider is what the impact 
that has on the quality of the product that they're outputting? Is it going to have the same quality as the lights that they're using now? Um, I can't speak to my experience personally, but I know that some dispensary owners have had troubles uh, with that in the past. So it's a tremendous challenge. And I think that there's a lot of innovation that has to be done to really um, keep the efficiency of the heat that we're using and, and use get the most, let's call it bang for your buck out of the electricity. And I'm not, as, I'm not a, an electrical engineer, um, but I do believe in uh, man's ability to innovate. And I think that in this industry with the amount of attention that it's getting, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something pretty revolutionary in the next few years, just because the opportunity is so huge and the demand is so needed. We're going to go back out the break. And when we come back, I want to go ahead and bring up a point that actually was brought up in terms of why this is so important that when we talk about sustainability here, the buyers, the people that are looking to go and buy product, why it's so important to them and why it's so important for the industry as a whole to keep this in point because some companies without making naming names that might not be something that's a priority but that's the issue here is to make sustainability priority we know a number of shows have talked about it i mean you know i could you know toss around a few episodes at ncia's cannabis industry voice so one of our partner programs here on the network that really does go into that quite a bit and they do a great job more than this show of talking about it because it's something that's very important with a lot of other issues that are crucial to the industry but they're also so deep into the into the weeds about what's going on it's very important so i got more questions for ross kirsch here ceo of diamond pack here on blunt business back after a short break rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more blunt business elevate your every day with that shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of shuggies add a cup of shuggies to your morning coffee Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Ross Kerr, CEO of Diamond Pack here on Blunt Business. And one of the things I want to ask you when it came to the information about, we've talked about just with a study that I mentioned and I put all those details out in front. One of the other things we, you know, I don't know if it gets talked about enough, is the fact that we have issues with the illicit market, which it would be one thing if the whole market was being done and everybody was, you know, above the level and everybody was kind of running with some set of rules, regulations, and compliance. But, you know, shouldn't the sustainability issue, Ross, also be including the fact that we need to do something to curb the solicit market, which is absolutely being, you know, roughshod on what they're doing cultivating flour? Yeah, I think this is actually one of the biggest challenges that our government is actually facing um, is the illicit market and how to really uh, bring tax revenue in um, from the legal cannabis industry without promoting the uh, illicit market. And I think to your point, 
keeping um, consistent quality is very important. And if there are focuses on sustainability and in legal initiatives that uh, would really encourage that, I think consumers would really uh, keep their, let's say open their eyes uh, a lot more, especially the ones who are still turning to the illicit market, at least if nothing else, they'll see that they're doing a little bit better. Um, but the, as I mentioned before, the issue with the government is really that when they're looking at this, they're looking at, at it as a really good source of tax revenue. They're not looking at it as an opportunity, like you're saying, where you can really impact change and uh, affect the environment. Um, I know that in Florida recently, uh, THC caps had been proposed and fortunately were defeated, but it, it's a great example though of where the government is a little short-sighted. Obviously, by putting caps on THC amounts on flour, immediately you're lowering the quality that's available in the market and encouraging people to go to the illicit market when they're looking for high quality uh, product. So when the government is looking at establishing all of these rules, I think that it's a phenomenal point that if they have rules in place to help promote sustainability and they could say, look, when you're going to the legal market, you're not just getting good quality, you're also going to be um, contributing to this program, which is good for the environment and showing other ways that it benefits. It doesn't leave the consumer with, let's say, a simple choice of, is this price and quality good here? Is this price and quality good here? It adds another dimension to it. Um, and to your point, for sure, the illicit market, I would imagine they don't care uh, much about anything except selling it. There are clearly not going to be any regulations to protect children, to protect the environment. Um, so I think that that is a tremendous challenge, but it's an opportunity for the government to really show how it could take a stance and uh, take, take this legal market and really trump the entire uh, illicit market by providing something more attractive than just price, things like that. I think one thing that has to be considered is that we could ask for all the help from you know government officials and from particular policies being implemented, but I think it still comes down to individual accountability for each company. That's oh, the only sure. way it can be done because of trying to be able to make this happen and making these companies, you know, if you're giving, you're going to give them policy regulation. Some of these companies, it's almost the same mentality as a corporate company, doing the bare minimum required, you know, reaching the bar that's expected in the same way the compliance comes in, right? Compliance is not uniform throughout every state, and some have much lower bars of entry into compliance than others. And for some, there are obviously companies, a lot that we've had here on Blunt Business, that have always gone above and beyond compliance, which is where Diamondback is trying to go above and beyond sustainability standards. But Correct. accountability is the only way to make that happen. And that's one of the things that it's, um, it's important. Now, I'm going to take a story from Benzinga that discusses why this is important. Let's go ahead and full circle why this is important. You know, at the end of the day, what a cliche, it still comes down to business. And I'm going to tell you why. So from Benzinga, the story he talked about, it's a story that was titled Latest in Sustainability, How the Cannabis Industry Stays Green. And in the story that you mentioned that, quote, sustainability has become an increasingly important consideration, both on the consumer end and how manufacturers run their businesses. 
even at the height of the pandemic and when jobs were scarce and money was tight, sustainability concerns rose across the country and 78% of buyers, important number, saying that they factor sustainability into their buying decisions. So if you want your product to get sold, whether it's through hotel retail, wholesale or retail, they care about how you sustain the product. The cannabis industry, which by almost virtue of its own existence, is ever sympathetic with progressive, has causes, has taken special pains to stay green. All the same, the cannabis industry is associated with lots of waste, both in its high use of energy and the enormous amount of wasteful materials that often go into its packaging. So what does it say, What just what does sustainability look like in this increasingly divided industry? Ross Curse, I give you the chance to answer. Well, I think the best possible example is exactly what we're doing. Um, our program with Plastic Bank is allowing customers who come to us ready for their packaging solutions, and we're integrating this into the uh, program, uh, what we're actually doing, the work that we're doing for them. I mean, these companies have so much that they have to do in the back end. You mentioned regulatory. I mean, running the business for them to be able to uh, turn to a partner like us instead of having to go and create this initiative, create this program. I think that if other companies like us were out there and saying, look, you just turn to us, we're going to coordinate this for you. We're going to help you out, make it very easy. I think a lot more companies would be willing to undertake it. I think it's just a tremendous amount of work to get a program like this off of the ground. And if other companies like us were to really uh, provide easy access and really make it plug and play for them to offset um, any of their packaging or really just help them develop new sustainable packaging they're looking for. I mean, for me, that's really the, the ultimate goal is to give that opportunity to these companies without them having to take on the burden of doing it themselves. So yeah, I think that that's what other companies really need to do going forward. So that way we don't have to rely on the government forcing us to do it. Um, and really just taking it on the side. I think that's one of the most amazing parts of this industry is how much that we do on our own. Um, I've spent years with the NCIA going down to lobby days. Um, but of course, I also have been a part of the ASTM committee to set standards for cannabis. And we've had a bunch of other organizations within the industry to really self-regulate. And I find that to be one of the most amazing parts of this industry. Um, it's been able to survive under such cloudy regulatory framework because the people who are in this industry are so committed to making it work. We don't need outside uh, counsel to force us to do things. We could get together and make it happen on our own. So I'm hoping other people do what we do and really give that opportunity for everybody. Well, because all we need the government to do for us is legalize. Get us and the safe banking, banking act. Right. Get us the banking act. Give us the more act. Get us the states act, whatever. But legalize already. That's what we want. You know, that's at, at least we can rely on them to maybe get that across the finish line. There's enough pressure. There's enough need for this with the way the economy is going right now to make that happen. So that would be very important. Uh, Diamondpack.com. Let's go talk about this again. Innovative child resistant packaging solutions. It looks great. It, it's definitely visually appealing. Uh, love the purple look. Actually, like, well, you know, one of the. Uh, a sister radio network of ours. Actually, we are it, it, our label is purple as well. We do like the color purple. Uh, so you have several different products: a secure sack, special sacks, and this 
very specific style packaging. Uh, take us through real quickly of what you're offering in terms of packaging and really, you know, give us a call to action. How can people go ahead and companies go ahead and work and get a chance to go and work with the products that you're putting out there? How can they get themselves a supply of this to put into their own products? Good question. So our most infamous product, as I mentioned back at the beginning, is our child-resistant bag. Um, we brought the first one to market in 2014, and the one that we have on the market now, it's our second generation, has effectively become the de facto standard. Um, if you go into any dispensary in any state, you'll see our style of um, child-resistant bag is probably 70% of the packaging. And the reason for that is because how easy it is to use, but at the same time, how safe it is. And for us, that was really what led to our other products. So one of our other really innovative products is called the Twispenser. Um, that's really to dispense very viscous oil like RSO or distillates even, which are thinner. Um, but that was looking at from the perspective of people are selling this primarily in syringes. And when we look at syringes and the cannabis industry, syringes usually evoke images of hard drug use, something that our industry is really trying to get away from. So we developed the Twispenser to be able to, let's say it looks kind of like lipstick. You'd be able to keep it in your pocket, walk around with it um, without having to scare anybody off. So if you went to take out a syringe of RSO in your office, you may have some questions to, to answer about what you're doing in your free time, but something that's discreet and has built in child resistance is really important to promote the industry and again, the safety of children. Um, and since then we're still innovating and developing other products right now. We have some fully recyclable child resistant bags. We have bags now that are made with post-consumer recycled content um, and very shortly, we're going to have uh, a tin on the market, which will be fully recyclable once you remove the silicone um, airtight seal, which again is the balance between the product and the quality of the product and really the impact on the environment, exactly what we were saying about growing indoors before. So for us, we're really trying to tackle big issues. We're not going to be creating pop tops. Those exist and they do what they need, but there are a lot of other issues in this industry. The syringes being a good example where packaging um, has never been developed for these products before. So for us, it's a tremendous opportunity to collaborate with our customers and see what is really needed out there. And so far, there's still a tremendous opportunity as more and more products are being developed. You know, you have uh, live resin and concentrates. There's so many developments. The industry is moving so fast. So um, if people want to reach out through our website, diamondpack.com, we also help a lot with design and just inputting our expertise on ways that we can help them improve what they're doing, um, whether it's by cost or design or otherwise. So for us, it's all about collaborating with our customers to help them hit their targets. Well, I like what you're trying to do, and and what you're trying, what you have been doing. One thing I was asking, I was going to ask you was, uh, because you're always talking about the product that can be put on a shelf or that can be put out. Is there anything that you're working on at all in terms of, or what could be done in terms of the shipping issue? Because trying to find a compartment that'll be solid enough that can be taken by a FedEx or UPS or an Amazon or whatever, to make sure because people are so more cognizant of getting their products shipped to their home 
Uh, is there anything that's in the works right now or anything you can recommend that, that's already within your product line that fits that role? Yeah, that's actually what our bags are perfect for. I'm sure okay. if you go into any supermarket now, you can see a lot of products that used to be in jars are now sold in flexible packaging. Um, and the reason for that is because of the transportation and logistics. We can fit, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a container's worth of bags will take up about eight containers of glass jars. That goes with storage. That goes with everything that's a chain down the line. So when you look at a company um, like Amazon that's delivering packages all the time, they really focus on trying to use flexible packaging because it's gonna take up a lot less space. It weighs a lot less. Um, and the actual process to make it is not that impactful on the environment, especially when compared with glass, which uses a lot of heavy metals. Uh, with plastic, it's really just getting lost in the environment. I think that really leads to uh, a lot of um, misconceptions. But I think at the end of the day, plastic itself offers a tremendous opportunity to save on transportation and logistics. It just has to be done right. And I think our recyclable bags are certainly a good, good start and the post-consumer recycled. So we'll see where we take it from here. But for us, we are very focused right now on reducing waste and bringing in some of that waste that's already out there. So we go once again, direct people to dimapack.com, D-Y-M-A-P-A-K.com. Ross Kirsch, thank you for being here on the program. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you helping us have this discussion. Listeners, make sure to go and keep in touch here at Blunt Business each and every week. And if you want to hear more about the sustainability issue, if that's a topic of interest that you feel like we should talk more about, please email me. Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O at CannabisRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And please make, make sure to go ahead and uh, rate and review us over at Apple Podcasts and find the show wherever you can find your podcasts. We'll talk to you next time. Reach out to me, too, if you want. <laughs> I'm happy to talk to anybody. One last thing, Ross. How can people reach out to you and what you're doing? Oh, they could email me. It's Ross, R-O-S-S, at dimapack.com, D-Y-M-A-P-A-K.com. I love speaking to people about different technologies, different um, uses that we have. And so feel free to reach out. I'd love to love to hear feedback and uh, people's thoughts. Do you want to go ahead and uh, add like an email address or anything like that at all? You could just uh, put in Ross at dimapack.com. Well, but actually, I love me, talking to people let, about this stuff. Let me ask you a question. Let me just, and then I'll insert yeah. it in. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.